What up, world? It's your boy, the Puerto Rican Powerhouse Mike for Hire, the podcast version himself, the Puerto Rican Kaiju, Christian Joe Ramos, back at it again with a brand new review. And today we're going to review the Pro Wrestling Noah pay-per-view, the Great Muda final. Bye-bye. And this is literally the Great Muda's farewell tour. He's been in the wrestling game 30-plus years since his debut in WCW, and he wanted Sting to be part of his final uh, bout here in Pro Wrestling Noah, the company that he now runs. And this was actually a John Moxley pitch at Forbidden Door, where he mentioned he wants to see a six-man or a trios match with the Great Muda, Sting, and Darby. Kind of like the whole aspect of Sting and Muda being lifelong rivals and the protege of Sting and Darby Allen. So there is a lot of like darkness among this tag team. They're all like creatures of the of the night, I guess you can call it, you know, Moodle's character is very much like this, uh, like demon wizard type of thing. And Sting is a mysterious, dark, you know, I guess, what do you want to call him? The, the, the crow, which is also the dark arts and Darby's just Darby. He's just dark because he's got problems. So, so that being said, uh, let's get started. Uh, the event started with the preliminary matches. The show started with Congo, the faction that's in all red, with Hajime Ohara in High 69 uh, going against Atsuchi Kotoge and Seiko Yoshiaka. Now, this match was definitely a barn burner for 6 minutes and 41 seconds. And it was a standard match. But my God, these guys, Congo is such a strong faction in Noah. They actually come off like very dominant. And there aren't many factions yet. I feel like Noah's going through a rebuilding phase where, unlike New Japan, where they have these established factions for decades, Noah's kind of going through a resurgence where, like, under the uh, guise of uh, Muda's leadership, my God, this guy has great booking. People think Tony Khan's booking is great and Triple H's booking is great. No, Muda's up there too. Like, and Gato, I can't, I can't forget Gato. Gato's a strong card, but lately New Japan has been kind of on a, on a rough patch with the whole pandemic, but now they're getting back to normal. But damn, Pro Wrestling Nova has been consistent. This is my second pay-per-view in less than a month. I mean, I'm loving what's going on here. And this event, Cyber Fight Promotions, they, they definitely know how to put the money down because Yokohama Arena was looking crazy packed with 8,433 people in attendance with cheering and my god they were really into it remember they haven't cheered in ages so it's been since 2019 they're able to really cheer and it's it's rough because it's like the pandemic really hurt their business but it also helped uh many promotions in japan kind of like unite to for the sake of the business survive to do these cross-promotional things where their doors are open like there's no forbidden door in japan anymore like they all are finally working with each other there's no more of this ego they're like for the business to thrive and succeed why don't we just make it like this whole thing they they have a pay-per-view coming up which i believe is called the great voyage 2023 in osaka and um it's it's a uh, uh i believe right is that the next one no there's one coming up called the last the last um god what is the next pay-per-view called the let me just look at the calendar here before I keep talking. The Last Love. That's the one that's cross-promotional. And that'll be, I believe, Keijo Mudo's last match. Remember, Muda and Mudo, same person, different character. So this is a retirement match for the great Muda. And then Keijo Mudo himself, as himself, is going to retire in The Last Love. So there's a lot of cross-promotional talent. Of course, with this uh, great Muda bye-bye, you have AEW representation. So there's obviously cross-promotion there. But you're going to see some... Michinoku Pro as well, and again, it goes off on to say that 
the doors are open wide, wide open now for companies to work together for the sake of the business and of course keep build more matches because you're no longer tied to just bound by contracts you can do these cross promotional things where if everybody agrees upon it you can do these dream matches so let's get started here with uh well i mean we've been starting here with uh haji mahara and High 69 are very uh, limber. They're not exactly the biggest guys, but they can go with the ring. And Sushi Kazoge is definitely a... Again, I'm getting used to these names. And these guys are all pretty standard wrestlers. They're, I, I guess you can call them mid-card of their factions, right? So let's just go with that. And again, I'm not going to give star ratings because I'm not so... I'm learning this brand, and I don't want to give ratings based on minimal... Like, I have to see enough matches for myself to justify giving a rating to anything. So, I enjoyed the match. Quick and easy, six minutes, kept it simple. Second match of the night, the first women's match in all of Pro Wrestling Noah. I'm glad I got this pay-per-view to see this. Jungle Kinoa, who appeared in AW Dark, and um, Saori Aonu defeat, uh, defeated the nomads of Sumeri Natsu and Maya Yukihi. Um... This match went 13 minutes and 46 seconds. They gave the women an actual lengthy tag match. And my God, this tag team. Jungle Kinoa, I know what she's up to, she's able to do. And Saori Ano is a champion, I believe, of uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro. See the Tokyo Joshi Pro girls. Uh, Samira Natsu, very distinct. Um, what do I say about her? God damn. <laughs> There's just something about her. Like, she's just very sexualized. That's her character. And the fact is, in a fact, she's called the, 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 the nomads or whatever. Like, she doesn't look seem nomadic. She is very much uh, 30 years old, right? Uh, very much the femme fatale character here in, in Noah. And then Maya Yuki, I cannot say his name, so right. Yuki. Um, or Yuki, there we go. Who is also in her same age bracket, I believe. Uh, this person is strongly like this is a good tag match with uh she's let's first introduce an ice ribbon so let's see here she's also i'm just looking at her she's been an ice ribbon champion twice she's been the ice ribbon uh number contender of tournaments twice so she won like a number one contender tournament um ice ribbon champion tournament in 2019 she's got a lot of accolades of ice ribbon here so you know you got some tjpw some ice ribbon promotion so i guess it's like two brands fighting each other within another brand itself and they went and this is kind of like Adding Noah to the ro- to the to the world view of every roster on the world should have a women's division. New Japan added stardom to their division, and Tokyo Joshi Pro hopefully gets in more integration with Noah because they're under the same umbrella. So I would love to see. And in the end, in the post match, they even mentioned like since the Stardom Girls have a uh, W I W G P World Championship for the women, maybe Noah could have a GHC Championship for the women as well. And like, hell yes, let's get into the modern age. Like, you got to have a women's division. Like, it's weird to me that Japan had divided wrestling by, I, I get it, men wrestle men, women wrestle women. But the fact they didn't have, they have promotions for both. Like, there's a promotion for men's wrestling and a promotion for women's wrestling. Kind of like unite them and just, like, have them travel together. I'm pretty sure, and especially if you're trying to run companies, multiple companies, uh, flights will be easier. With it. It, just booking in general just seems more... Uh, uniformed if they're all going in the same direction, right? So you're all on the same tour buses, you're on the same uh, flight patterns, you're all in the same hotels. Like, it just makes things a little bit less convoluted. So, again, I'm not the damn booker for the company here. I know that the CyberFight is the big owner of all this because Noah was part, wasn't part part of DDC Pro and, and TGPW. They recently just got absorbed because 
you know, business aspects of it. I don't want to get into, but because I am not one to talk about business that I don't have any hand in doing. So, but this again, I'm loving the you're slowly going to the future where you're going to see multiple types of masters in here, and of course, women's vision deserves to be highlighted because Noah's women's vision with TJ uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro is actually pretty good, uh, and again. They're trying to they're trying to compete here with Shimmer and Stardom and other promotions out there, Ice Ribbon and uh, Regina Wave. Like there's a lot of women's divisions in Japan. Like the Joshi the Joshi brand itself is very much like I don't want to even call it a niche. I mean it's called legendary because everything Joshi's done they gets emulated in American wrestling years on the road. A lot of the moves, a lot of the sequences, because these women have kind of created their own way of doing wrestling, and it's become more popular than the men's wrestling at this point. Because, again, all the finishers you see in, in a lot of WWE and AEW, a lot of these finishers probably, or even sequences, again, sequences of chain moves, whatever you want to call it, a lot of it was inspired by early 90s, 2000s Yoshi. Like, again, it's like you can learn a lot from the women as well as the women can learn from the men. You know, like, it's, why can't we just all work together, right? So that's the cool thing about that. Um, third match of the night, one of my favorites, Timothy Thatcher, Toothless Timmy here in Progressing Noah against Masaki and Mochizuki. This match went only 8 minutes and 44 seconds, but it was enough. It was your standard chain wrestling. And in the end, I mean, Timothy Thatcher won. Wasn't surprised about that. And Masaki Mochizuki, let me just look at the guy. This guy is 53 years old. He can still hang. I mean, that's one thing about Noah. It's like not just Muda. A lot of the like old heads are here. And I'm loving it because they're they can go. I mean, you got man, fifty plus whooping ass these youngins, showing these young bucks how to how to wrestle. And I'm loving it. It's like yes, keep the lineage going. That way, you got great hands, not great hands, great coaches for the young twenty something guys, or even eight. There's guys here that are eighteen, just turned. So like, you've got the fifty three year olds to kind of like train these young guys. They they can be nothing but successful. Absolutely, the, the the sky's the limit when you have this kind of uh, veteranship inside your brand, and the fact they're still going in the ring and not just backstage being coaches that's very admirable. Because Japanese wrestling, Japanese wrestlers in general take their craft very seriously, so they're not like very much into the drugs and alcohol rock star life that the American wrestlers were into, and Canadian wrestlers or even South American wrestlers. They're a little bit more uh, strict on themselves, a little bit more. Uh, you can say, not just what the word looking for, uh, very responsible and very much about wealth and well-being. So we we move on to the fourth match of the night. Here we have Junta Junta Mi Waki Alejandro Yasuaka Yatsuaka Yano, and they went against Yoshinara Ogawa Aita and Nosawa Ronkai. And it was a no, a no DQ because they attacked the damn ref. Like, this was crazy. Like, you got guys here who are veterans. I mean, you got uh, Nosawa Rongai, who's 46 years old. This man is a wrestling since the freaking 90s. Uh, Yoshigara Ogawa is 56, looking like Japanese Bret Hart with his gear coming in. And then his son, Aisa, 31 years old. But these guys are definitely the bully heels. And then they ripped Alejandro's mask and everything. Like, yo, what the hell? They're, I feel like there's a mask ripping spot in almost every pay-per-view, on every show, and every promotion. I'm like, okay, I see where you're going with this. You got heel heat, but it's going to get so repetitive. I even saw this happen in WWE. 
And like, yo, oh my god, AWWE, Prosing Noah, and I'm pretty sure New Japan's doing it too, where ripping a mask has just become such a norm. It's like, come on, guys, come on. There's other ways to build heat than just ripping up expensive masks. So that's just me being caring about the wrestlers. But it was a good match, seven minutes, 22 seconds, but it, again, and there ain't no DQ, so it's just like a non-factor. It's more for story building than the actual, quote-unquote, work rate, right? So, I mean, I get what they're doing here. This is sports entertainment. Uh, next matchup. Good-looking guys. This new faction of Jake Lee, Formula A, GPW, Jack, Mor- Jack Morris, uh, and Anthony Green, who we've known from uh, 205 Live and AW Dark. They are a faction now of good-looking guys. It's a nice name, GLG. Uh, against Masa Kitamiya, Daikainaba, and Yoshiki Namura. And this match went, it's a six-man tag team match, went 10 minutes and 49 seconds. Uh, good-looking guys defeated this other six-man faction. I mean... Masa Kitayama, 34 years old. You know, these guys aren't exactly up the hill yet. Daika Inaba, 34, looking, get their jacked yoke. And Yoshiki Imura, Inamura, 30 years old. So these are pretty much 30 year olds going against 30 year olds. Even playing field, evenly athletic. Move sets are great. And I'm a big fan of Anthony Green, and I'm getting to learn uh, of Jack, uh, Jake Lee and Jack Morris. Seem like pretty cool guys. So. Again, this match was solid. You could say whatever. It was a good match. Then it was entertaining. Uh, what did I? What, what was I watching? I was watching young guys doing spots, but doing them very well. I was watching guys chain wrestling. Uh, they gave you a smorgasbord of different things going on in the ring, and I'm loving the fact that they're not just pigeonholed to a certain style. And they're all different sizes, which is great. You got big dudes. You got aerial guys. And this made for a good, I guess you can say, match or feud, whatever you want to say. I can't wait to see more of these guys. And now this is keeping me interested in what Noah can bring to the table. All right, so next up we have here, uh, six matches of the night. Kasushi Sakuraba against Hideki Suzuki. And this was ref stoppage. My God, why did it get ref stoppage? Because... Uh, it, it just was not nice. Again, more of this DQ shit. Uh, no, it wasn't DQ. This was actually a submission match. It was a GHC martial arts rules match. Pretty much an MMA, you can call it a, uh, a blood sport match. You can call it a uh, pure wrestling match. That's what it was. Kasushi Sakuraba, who is in his, well into his 53 years old. This guy's a former UFC fighter in Japan and, and a great solid wrestler. And Hideki Suzuki, we all know from Diamond Mind, the original incarnation of Diamond Mind. But he's up there himself. He's no rookie. He's 42 years old. So they went pretty good. In the end, the veteran, uh, elsewhere, the young guy, and it was a 10-minute match of, again, this is more chain wrestling. This is more jujitsu. It was like watching almost like a UFC or a Bellator match uh, more than it is a wrestling match. So I enjoyed it for what it was because I like the style, but it's not, I know it's not for everybody. But if it's just one match, it's you're giving some variety. So I have nothing against that. Uh, but, yeah, this was actually one match I can rate because I am familiar with both these men. Hideki Suzuki from Diamond Mine, really solid guy, big football-sized dude. And he was in there looking like a, like a old-school uh catch wrestler, and Kazushi Sakuraba, man, this guy is a legend. Well, what can I say about him? This guy was in Union of Wrestling Forces. Okay, he was in New Japan Pro Wrestling for four years, Pro Wrestling Noah for almost four years, Ultimate Fighting Championship. Again, this guy, pride fighting, He's the resume's there. It's just, there is a lot of, this is almost like Kurt Angle versus uh, 
who can I compare this to? It's almost like Kurt Angle or Ken Shamrock going against who's 42 and jacked and uh, Brian Danielson. That sounds like a good comparison. And in the end, the guy who's had actual fighting experience once. So there you go. And it's not always about size, guys. It's about technique. And there was a lot of technique going on here. And the ref stoppage was that Hideki didn't tap out. He just had passed out to a hold. So it kept him looking strong. Uh, next match of the night, Amakusa, Ultimo Dragon, with Sonny Ono as his manager still. My God, God bless you, Ultimo Dragon. And Ninja Mac in a six-man tag match with uh, Yohei, KZ, and Dante Leon. This was a whooping. It went 11 minutes, 41 seconds. Of course, Amakusa, who is this... I guess you can see their cruiserweight champion or light heavyweight champion. This guy can go when he did some crazy spots that was trending on Twitter on YouTube. And you can look it up. Uh, Ultimate Dragon, the Ultimate Dragon. This is the ultimate like veteran, like one of the best wrestlers in the world. Period. The original belt collector with his original manager Sonny Ono, and he came out to that Luis Miguel song. Said, I was like, oh man, this is straight out of the WCW era. Like this is definitely feels like classic. Lucha or Ultimo Dragon, and then Ninja Mac is the new upstart. New, I don't say upstart, but he is the new up and coming star in Noah. And again, he is very athletic. This guy lives up to the name Ninja and Ninja Mac. And Yohei KZ and Don Leon, these are the young up young upstarts. Uh, Don Leon's got this very like distinct look to him, kind of punk, kind of very everything green hair. He's got like a green spot in his eye. But he has one of the, he's the, he has the original. Just so anybody knows this, the original uh, soul collect was it, the soul snatcher that Soul Ruka does in NXT. He came up with that move. In case anybody wants to say that anyone's copying copying anybody, Don Leon's move that was his first. In case we were, and who knows who even used it before he did. But that was who made it popular was Don Leon. So let, let's put some respect to that man thing. Yohei uh, Kizzy, fun tag team rapping dancers. You know, but again, you can't go against champion and champion caliber guys and a, a guy like Ninja Mac who was eventually going to be a champ sometime because he's got something. He's just looking like he's coming out of a freaking like martial arts movie. This guy can move. And I'm like, yo, Ninja Pac's, Ninja Mac's got it. So this match was amazing. Everybody involved. I was familiar with everybody here. Listen, this in the previous match, four and a half stars, both. It was that entertaining that fun and that level of rewatchability, okay? Um, and of course, the Thatcher match earlier. This I keep coming back to that. The one Joshi match was great, but it wasn't like oh my god. It was it was a great introduction to Joshi into Prosing Noah and their audience, and people cheered. So I hope more Joshi matches happen. Yes, um, the Thatcher against Masaki Mochizuki was okay for a Thatcher match. It was what I expected. And I can't wait to see this guy Wednesday on Dynamite when he goes against Brian Danielson. So, I, again, I'm getting, I'm getting reacquainted with Toothless Timmy so I can see him on TV again. And every match here has been great. But this is where you see the star power in Ultimate Dragon. And he lifts up everybody in this. And he didn't do much in this match that he had to. He did it just enough. I mean, the guy's in his late 50s, almost in the 60s, right? Uh, he had the uh, young guys carry him, but... I'm sorry, carry him, but, you know, do the load. I mean, this Ultra Dragon, 56. Amakusa's 37. Ninja Max, I believe, is 31. 33, my apologies. So, again, you just have to 
let these young guys shine, but also get the veteran to hot tag so they can get all their shit in. And this is perfectly done. And of course, you got guys who are quote unquote smaller and lesser known, but also getting to know, getting to be known in their own brand, uh, facing them. So you're not really, you're not, you're like lifting everybody up while showcasing the best of what people can offer. So I like this match a lot. Um, next up is Kaitoki Yomiya, El Hijo de Dr. Wagner Jr., Takashi Segura, and Satoshi Kojima versus Kongo Zukeno, Katsuhiko Nakajima, Masakutsu Katsu Funaki, and Manabu Soya. This match went 18 minutes and 36 seconds. Eight-man tag match. It was okay. Everyone got their stuff in. It was nothing. I, it gets convoluted. There were some great spots here. Uh, the one standout was Manabu Soya. This guy's a fucking tank. This guy is like, yo. I mean, this, this is, he's the one guy in Congo who's got his hair red. Like, he just looks like straight up an anime. Like, he just, <laughs> this big brolic dude with, like, this uh, neon red hair and beat, matching beard, too. He was just giving everyone shit. Nobody was... Even Dr. Wagner was kind of, like, trying to hang in here. And, again, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, like, you you uh, you got to have the, the big bruiser in every in every team that stands out. But, my God, this guy was definitely the, the stand on the match. And Dr. Wagner Jr. is no slump. This guy's a son of a legend. And he looks massive as well. And he and he kept his own. And in the end, it was uh, the team of... Uh, you know, Dr. Ragnar, Takashi and Kaito Kiyomiya, who defeated Congo. So, they didn't see that ending coming, but I'm like, okay, cool. Nice finish. They, you could say the, the faces won in this one. And now, the main event we've all been waiting for the Great Muda, Sting, and Darby Allen in a six man tag match with the Great Kabuki as the referee. I'm like, this is such a throwback, and I'm loving it. It's like a mix of generations. Defeating well, the facing and defeating Hakushi of Michinoku Pro and formerly of WWF fame. And Naomi, and Naomichi Marafuji and Akira. Akira is another one who's a legend. This guy is up there in the age, 56, same age as Muda. And my God, this main event was crazy. Muda got injured halfway through, but kept hanging in there. Kiyoshi's up there in age. This is the end of his long, legendary reign. Uh, Darby did. Yo, Darby's entrance alone, the audience was loving Darby, and I think he might come back to know how to do more matches because they were eating him up. Uh, Sting is Sting. I mean, they had the Surfer Sting intro, then they actually had his uh, AW theme. So, uh, once again, Sting is a kind of character that he's going to retire soon. By the end of the year, he'll be gone. But he is the type of person that has legend status, just like Muda has legend status here. And his appearance, well, they even had the snow, and like, oh, okay, so they literally got the full entrance. Only thing I did, I kind of wish Sting did was if he had the jacket, but he hasn't really worn a jacket since he's been tagging with Darby, right? He's kind of just been wearing the long sleeve t-shirt and looking more like the, I'm just happy to be here, Sting, versus when he first came into the AW fold, he was wearing this luxurious, like, long coat, but he had the baseball bat, so he did have that. I just, again, something about Sting with a jacket, get, just for the entrance, just looks badass, in my opinion. But again, everyone's got their own opinions you could say whatever so it is it is what it is but this match was fun darby was whooping ass in here and no slouch here is hakushi this man is up there in his 50s this guy who was i guess lost undertaker in wwf in a bit in a casket match and was kind of gone from the states has donned his like 
you can say, uh, undead character now where he kind of looks like an angel where he's covered in white. Kind of reminds me of Moon Knight a little bit. Or, like, some sort of, like, Raiden character where he has, like, these monks with him. But and Muda was playing heel the whole time. But because the great Muda's last match, he, everybody was just eating it up. But he was giving it to Hakushi. Like, man, he was stabbing him with these uh, pikes, like, these burial pikes. I'm like, man, this is wild. This is... But they're cheering him on because this is the great Muda's last match. And Sting and Darby, again, this is like the side of darkness, the side of light. But in this case, the side of darkness was the baby face per se. And the spots Akushi was in with Sting, he just fell on the table. And his Hades age, this guy still has great form. And I'm just like, man, this is some wild shit going on in here. But this was a fun 22-minute, 23-second match. Match of the night, obviously. And uh, even after the, the post... In the post media scrum or or whatever you want to call it, uh, they even asked Sting if he returned. He's like, "This might be my last one, guys." So he is retiring this year. He can't come back unless something else pops up where all of AEW ends up in Japan or something. But he came here as a favor to Muda, and I know it's not easy for a man in his sixties to travel fifteen plus hours in a plane to then wrestle. It, it is rough. But um, as far as Darby, he definitely will come back to. Noah, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if I see him consistently coming to Noah to wrestle because this was his first ever match in Japan, which kind of shocked me. Like, this guy's never done any indie runs in Japan or, like, had a, I don't know, New Japan Strong, like, uh, no, Strong in the States. New Japan or even, like, fucking Dragon Gate or anything. No, he's just been working in the States this whole time. Like, man, Darby's 30 years old and now he's getting to Japan? Like, I'm like, someone should have booked him earlier. I mean, hell, freaking Rocky Romero, what, what, what? Why are you slacking or ghetto or like, well, you know what? New Japan's loss as far as bookings go, it might be uh, beneficial to Pro Wrestling Noah's because now you see Darby and Noah and Noah's going to get some bigger names now because of this opening the gates to more established stars from across the seas to come over and participate in wrestling in their company. It's like, it's not just New Japan that's good, has good wrestling. Noah does. And you know what? It is underrated. I didn't know much about Noah until a couple of years ago during the pandemic when I really got into this rabbit hole of Japanese wrestling. All I knew before this, even before 2019, I would say was this New Japan, Stardom, and Shimmer, and Tokyo Doshi Pro. After that, I started learning about Mishinoku Pro. I mean, Dragon Gate, I kind of knew about because that's where Pac came from before he came to AEW, but it really followed through because I thought it were smaller promotions. And yes, there are a lot of smaller promotions in Japan, like a lot of them. But the ones that are big out there, I would say, like, if New Japan is... Coke, then I would say Noah is Pepsi. You know what I'm saying? Like, there is that, like, because the presentation of Noah is, like, again, rivals of states. If if freaking New Japan would just invest in wireless mics, how are you still in almost in 20... We're in 2023, and you're still using the wired Sure mics. Get the damn wireless mics, like all the damn you know modern television shows use with the little box in the in the in the in the handle, you know, with the branding on it. Come to the future. Stop using. Stop being so cheap with damn like spectacle and spectacle. Like, listen, it's not just a wrestling show. We want to see some pyro. We want to see uh, entrances, uh, production costs. Get get a better budget for production in New Japan. Because Noah, man, it definitely, again, can compete with AEW and WWE in how much they spend on entrances, video titan drones. It feels major league. And, again, it's the great Muda, so I'm not surprised he brought that to Noah to make it more predominant because you, you have to stand out and stand out. And if you if you kind of blend in looking like you're running a second-rate show, it's going to look like second-rate. You present your stars like stars, 
then people like take it a little bit more seriously. And then Yokohama Arena is a big arena too. I mean, it's not the Tokyo Dome, of course, but it is a huge arena. And it's great that uh, in a, they're still working with New Japan on, on cross-promotional shows. And there's going to be a J-Cup coming with all bunch of promotions, except for AEW for those days, even though they're partners. Uh, probably because CMLL is attached to this, and they have a beef with AAA still. I don't know why I get into that. You can research that on your own, because I don't care to even acknowledge their their uh, quarrel. But this match for the Great Muda, his final bye-bye, was worth invest again seven bucks for the damn network here for the wrestle universe app was so worth it and i can't wait to see more opposing noah and chogi Yoshi pro i had a great time watching the pay-per-view this was something that definitely opened my ignorant eyes to other promotions because i always thought the end all be all was just stardom in new japan but it's nice to know there's actual opposition there because chogi Yoshi pro it's very different presentation, but I've seen a lot of these girls in AW, so like, there's a reason why AW wants them, because they're great wrestlers. It doesn't have to be a specific promotions. You've just got to find great talent. And Noah for the men's man. I can't wait to see. Well, technically, with Thatcher coming to... Uh, T- Thatcher being the first Noah wrestler, like sign of Noah, to appear in AW. I hope this partnership has like, another forbidden door scenario where even instead of just New Japan and AEW, it's, New- it's AW and Noah, or maybe... AEW, New Japan, and NOAA. Three companies. That'd be dope. Or maybe they could add a fourth. Maybe they can add Stardom or uh, TJPW for the women's side, right? So you have this, like, what would say, I don't know, Olympics style. Like, you got different representation. We'll see what's happening. I think there's something that works. We don't know it yet. It seems like this is just, again, a taste of what's to come with AEW guys going to NOAA and NOAA guys not coming to AEW. Um, if this becomes a constant, I wouldn't be mad if they actually had this happen more frequently like the New Japan guys have been doing. Because if, if the New Japan guys go to Ring of Honor like they say they do, then I wouldn't be surprised if Noah guys popping on AEW done them on occasion. So, With that being said, this is my, re- my review of the Great Muda Final Bye-Bye by Pro Wrestling Noah and brought to you by Cyber Fight Promotions um, out of the Yokohama Arena in Yokohama, Japan. And my God, Yokohama Arena. Let's see. This thing is... I already said how many people fit in here, but capacity is uh, 17,000 is full capacity. So it wasn't even half capacity because obviously they're still doing social distancing here, but it is an historic building. You know, it was open in 1989, held celebrations for concerts, for renowned singers. Like it's a great venue. And phew, I, I love that they use this for Noah. Like, it's just perfectly sized. Like, it just appears to have a presence. Not some little bingo halls or some little, um, one would say, uh, I guess bingo halls would be in there. Whatever, smaller, like, venues. Like, it's good that they hold shows in these gineries and make them feel like big deals. Because I've seen so many people in the audience with Muda merch and some even had Sting shirts on because they knew who was going to be there. Um, don't be surprised if Darby merch starts popping in and Noah when they when he goes back because he's definitely going to go back. It's going to be something to see where the Americans go to Japan and make them you know make themselves known. So, so with that being said, thank you all for tuning in this episode of the Podcast Mercenary Show. I am the Podcast Mercenary Christian Joe Ramos signing off. Till next time, take care, peace out, and see you next time. All right, I'm gone.